Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very exciting episode of Friends with Books. I am one of your FWBs, booked with Emily or just M. And I am your other FWB, read reviews by Jess or just Jess. And today we are joined by Book Talk Sensation and brilliant creator of the Magnolia Parks universe, Jessa Hastings. Hi. How's the weather, Jessa? <laughs> oh, look. Actually, really fine. It's good. Smooth sailing around here. <laughs> I love that. We are so excited that you're here. We actually read that you hate small talk, so we're just honored <laughs> that you're choosing to spend your morning making small talk with us. I do. I, I do hate small talk, so just dive deep. <laughs> Go quick. Straight into the deep stuff. <laughs> right. All right. Say less. Yeah. Let's <laughs> No, say less. We were telling Jessa uh, really briefly that Emily and I were panicking about her joining. And we've done like three author interviews now. And I think this is the most scared we've been just because I think your books have stuck with us and impacted us the most. So we're here like shitting ourselves. (laughs) This does not feel real. (laughs) No, she's not kidding. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> please don't shit yourself though <laughs> <laughs> too late jessa <laughs> we're trying um so we figured we would do like an icebreaker to soothe our okay. nerves to get you comfortable with us um amazing just because we're a lot to take in but we're trying we're trying to <laughs> right <ahead. laughs> Um, I think I'm going to start the icebreaker with a a big question for you, Jessa. So are you ready for it? Fuck, Mary, kill, BJ, Christian, or Julian. (laughs) Why? You You guys always do these ones. Oh, no. It never gets easier, I guess. Oh, I hate this we one. Can't I do either. know the answer. I know. I know that my answer, but it, I feel like it's unfair. I would do it. I'd marry BJ. I'd fuck Julian. I'd kill Christian, but I don't want to kill Christian. <gasps> that's okay, that's a hot cheap. take. Yeah, it's, a, it's easier for me to say that if I think of Christian book one. Book one, Christian. Do you know what I mean? Okay, that's fair. He goes for a real journey by the time you get to the long way home. And I'm very, like, I wouldn't kill Christian in that way. I'd, like, marry him as well. (laughs) It's a throuple. It's a throuple. Yeah. I mean, Emily and I asked each other this yesterday when we were prepping, and we had just a hard time, but we both landed on kill bj because he is magnolias he's and it just doesn't feel right. yeah, that, yeah. Actually, people have said that and i i get that too but i think i see a lot of magnolia in myself so i'm like no he feels like he's mine <laughs> he is yes. you created him yeah. <laughs> they're all yours <laughs> but julian okay. should be everyone's buck no one should marry I julian so. just just i was gonna marry so julian you so shouldn't. i could be Don't. A you'll die yeah. <laughs> you'll die <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I'm actually very afraid of dying. I said, Julian can get you going on a workout machine. So I think that that's a no brainer. Like, time to give it to Julian. Yeah, he's the time for sure. He's he's the one to, 
Yeah. I don't know. Christian's got a sex tape that apparently That's is true. amazing. That is true. He does. And he, he's also <laughs> really good at it. But he's more marriage material of those ones. Of all okay. the boys in that That's world, fair. I'd say Christian is more marriage material than Julie. Okay. Can't go wrong with any of them, I think, moral of the story. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next question. This is mm, – okay, let's go with this one. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, gosh. <laughs> These are the hard-hitting questions. That is hard. <laughs> I feel like I've been given lots of advice that I feel like is really good. The ones that jump to mind straight away <laughs> would be, and it's not even they weren't given to me. They were things I read. <laughs> I read that Jane Fonda once said that no is a complete sentence. I think that's really important to learn as a woman, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I saw Harry Styles say in an interview once that someone said to him, not to confuse um, being seen with success. And I think that's Mm. really important in this day and age when, like, there's so much focus on, like, social media and being Mm -hmm. seen, really, and, like, the perception of your life. I think that's a really helpful thing to kind of take away that actually that isn't how – you measure success isn't like how visible you are. Don't confuse visibility with success. They're not the same thing. I love both of those. Yeah, totally agree. Jane Fonda though. I've seen that one too. And that I feel like, like you said, resonates with women. No, like no yeah. explanation. Just no, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good Very one. Profound. We knew you'd have some good ones because just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> vibe. <laughs> Okay, now, oh, one more, and then we're going to do something rapid fire. What is your favorite book other than, of course, probably yours, your own? I mean, my book is definitely not my favorite book. (laughs) My favorite is so obnoxious. I love Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close by Jonathan Safranfola. I love The Secret History by Donna Tart. I love... I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson. I love This Is Where I Leave You by Jonathan Tropper. I love The Fault in Our Stars by Jim Green. Oh, um, and Harry Potter. I love all of the Harry Potter series, obviously. I love Narnia. Uh, yeah. Those would be my... Like, that actually... So you like fantasy kind of towards the end there, Harry Potter and Narnia or... I like, um, no, I actually don't think I've read any other fantasies other than those ones, but I just like an epic, like a kind of like an epic tale, I guess. I love that. Gotcha. That's cool. That's another question actually we had later, but since you mentioned it, we, I think, read that you want to kind of write outside of this current genre, right? You want to kind of dive into that world? Um, kind of. I know what to which you're referring. Um, really what I want to do is I don't really want to be bound by a genre. So I just want to tell good stories. If there's a story that is worth telling, I don't care what genre it is. If, if I have a story in my head, I'll write it if it's good enough to write. That's kind of really what it is for me. 
That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Okay. Rapid fire. Okay, These okay. These are okay. quotes that you have written, that oh, your characters no. have said. Okay. Okay. And are you going to quiz me? Tell us. No, 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 this is not a quiz. Because I don't know. No, 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 not a quiz. We want you to tell us, we're going to say the quote, and tell us how they make you feel hearing them now, and then how they made you feel when you were writing them. Max, like, three words, like, boom. This is stressful. Okay. Sad, scared. (laughs) Jess, we're stressing her out. (laughs) Well, it doesn't have to be that rapid fire. You can think about it. Okay. All right. Our first quote is, loving you was a good reason not to love anyone else. Um, what I feel now is, oh, I can't do three-worded sentences. <laughs> um, you can okay. use more words. Okay, okay, great. Just say I mean, whatever you want. Okay. Um, that, now when I look back on it, I feel like, is Christian stepping into kind of like the next iteration of his character. So it makes me feel, I guess, like hopeful for him. At the time, there was kind of like, I think a sad, almost like a resignation in him Mm -hmm. because he doesn't really see a path forward with Daisy yet, I guess, at that point in time. So not having written number two yet, I don't think that it would have felt quite as hopeful as it would now when I hear it, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. For sure. Makes sense. Okay, next one. He laughs, and for some reason, it sounds like I'm ringing the doorbell of the home I grew up in. Oh, my favorite. Um, it's our favorite. It, yeah. <laughs> it makes me, that still, probably makes me feel now how I felt then, which is just like, I just they're just so beautifully nostalgic and um I remember when that line popped into my head it was such a non I was standing just such a non-event of a situation I was standing at the top of like a ramp in a strange supermarket in Sydney and (laughs) the line popped into my head and I pulled over to the side near the rail and just like wrote it down really quickly because I was like it actually just encapsulates them and kind of the reason that they'll never get past each other so I still feel the same now yeah do you just like I'll ask this at the end (laughs) I think it's a great question (laughs) okay this is one of my personal faves I don't know why but every time your book I will tell you is the only only book that or books I should say that I can just like give off quotes like I can just quote this book Thank you. yeah I don't do that with anything else because I have the memory of like a squid it's true so they might have good memories I don't I know say, but, I think but, like, they're a twig. really smart <laughs> so no then not a squid <laughs> so like a twig or like something that doesn't actually have a brain uh, <laughs> but when I think of BJ this quote always pops into my mind and it's hard in the hand of a girl who's holding someone else's uh, she's like oh i said that um i don't i honestly don't remember so much of what i've written to be honest with you i don't even know what book that's from is that from book one mm-hmm. it's so about tom yeah it's about okay. her, him seeing her with tom <laughs> <laughs> um 
Oh, I think that that probably speaks to a part of BJ that doesn't really get touched upon until like the very end of mm. book two. So I, I actually think BJ is like quite emotionally astute. He just ignores mm-hmm. it a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I mean, that's sad. I, I've, I'm such a BJ <laughs> advocate. I feel like he gets such a bad rap all the time. Oh, no. I um, love BJ. <laughs> I'm, me too. I think he's just like, people are fickle with him. I feel like the readers like jump shit from BJ quick. Yeah. No. I Not also think, <laughs> I love him. I think book one, I struggled with like being frustrated and just not the unknown. But book three, mm-hmm. like his character growth is some of the Phenomenal. best I've ever seen. Like he is like, it feels like a different person in book three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He but, evolves a lot. Yeah. Totally agree. But anyways, back on track. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is another quote that sticks with me. I remember reading this and texting Jess and being like, I'm literally sobbing in bed right now. <laughs> but it says, in another life, I reckon I could have loved you. And she no. says, in another life, I reckon I would have let you. And as much as I am a stand for BJ and MP, that moment was just like, oh, I'm kind of rooting for them now, too. Yeah. <laughs> that was... um. That was a really interesting point in the writing process for me because it was probably, not probably, it was absolutely the first time I had had another male character that I kind of felt like, oh yeah, like you could actually be with him. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I know that some people loved Tom, even at one point before people had read Daisy, people, some people liked Magnolia and Christian. I never felt a pull towards any of them. I know no one actually knows about Magnolia and Russia's relationship, but he's actually super cool. But I never had a pull to him. Julian, there was something kind of like, I guess you can kind of feel it in that quote, that Mm -hmm. there was something like with gravity there between them. Um, and yeah, it was heartbreaking to write. And I didn't steer away from it because I would be really pleased. I, I'm kind of like distressed at the outcome in a lot of ways with how much people love Julian and how much then they have jumped shit from BJ. But I'm also proud of having maybe created two really viable love interests because I feel like often in a love triangle there's one that's like you know Twilight it was overtly Edward even and I was team Jacob but it was it was obviously in the story always going to be Edward and I think in a lot of ways it's obvious it's probably Magnolia and BJ but the connection that Magnolia and Julian have I I felt like it rivaled it in a way that nothing else had so I was really happy with that outcome and I'm really glad that that line <laughs> has like broken <laughs> so many people because it yeah. it was heartbreaking for him, I guess. Kind of it was kind of yeah. his um him reconciling that it it can't happen in that moment, yeah. I think. Is even though he kind of then goes on this journey of like no, it can happen. I think that was probably 
Julian at his most kind of like looking down on the situation, being like, in another life, this could have happened. It's not going to happen in this one, but in another life, it might happen. Yeah, I think it's so interesting, like, how you say, though, because I truly was, like, Magnolia and BJ. Like, as frustrating as they were, I was always, like, a number one fan of them, rooting for them. And every other guy, like like you said, I never, like, okay, they're temporary. You know, she's going to go back yeah. to BJ. But there was a point where I was, like, I, I want her to be with BJ, but I, I would be okay if she yeah. was with Julian. Like, yeah. I, I did have those emotions. And that's so true, exactly how you said, like... You know, BJ's right there, but it wasn't as obvious as other love triangles are. Right. Yeah. 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 I, thank you. I have goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I have chills right now. <laughs> okay. Last quote. We're going to end on a light note, and then we'll get into the, the real hard stuff. Okay. <laughs> if that wasn't hard already. <laughs> okay. This quote is, why am I getting shot at? Maybe because you're in a chaotic love triangle with two baby gang lords. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I'm, who, Tucker, who said that it was is it <laughs> i don't say to daisy that. oh he says it who was shooting at her <laughs> is that the art gallery yes i okay. think so all right um, obviously that one made a real lasting impact on me um i Well, I mean, I just love Daisy and Julian's dynamic. And I also love Romeo. I think Romeo is a really, like, undersung character in the universe. So, yeah, I don't have any real, like, strong feelings. I didn't even remember writing that. So, I take that. Take that. Put that how it would be like. We wanted to throw that in there to lend on, end on a lighter note, just because I feel like there is a lot of humor in this in, in yeah. this whole series. But so. yeah, yeah. Okay, great. well, right, I think um. that was great. I think that was so much fun. These quotes, truly, we Jess and I, we preach these books to all of our listeners, and anytime we talk about them, I think the one thing we both say is they truly are just the most poetic and quotable books. And so mm-hmm. I think to kind of get into the series a little bit, I kind of want to know your background first. Do you have a background in poetry? Did you grow up reading poetry? Because I feel like these books to me are truly just poetic. Thank yeah. you. Um, that's funny. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a background <laughs> in poetry. I actually, until a couple of years ago, really didn't like poetry at all. It kind of like frustrated me a lot. I did... Mm-hmm read a lot of Shakespeare growing up. So maybe I, I think that there's like, I could look back on things and maybe sense some tones and like the way that uh-huh. he, he talks about things. Um, uh, and, and kind of even how a lot of his characters, there's this like fatedness that I think I yeah. pulled into these guys and the the way that it like would give weight to a love story. Um, but I, yeah, no, I, I don't have a background in poetry. I do have just like a love of words for as long as I can remember. I've always loved words and how they make you feel. Um, and I don't know kind of how it came about with, 
the metaphors, how they, how that started, but it's just been always kind of like how I've written. It's just, it just came <laughs> yeah. out like that. Um, and I like the, I've always, I've really liked an abstract metaphor for as long as I can remember. I think that that has become like a bit of a marker to myself of my own writing mm-hmm. style. Um, and I don't know where it came from, but I really like it. You're a natural. <laughs> a natural. Yeah, you're a natural. <laughs> I get like does it does it come easy when you're writing these books or is it like you really have to think? For the most part, it has been Magnolia Three, which is what I'm writing now, has been the hardest one that I've written, but it's also been the weirdest time of my life. And it's been really yeah. kind of like uh, I normally when I would write something would kind of like retreat into a hole for a couple of weeks and then come out for a week and then go back to the hole for a couple of weeks and my life lately has not afforded me any kind of hole (laughs) or space to slow down I've kind of been like on really since like August last year have just kind of been in a very intense great like dream come true kind of things but um a very different like speed and I anticipate it will slow down but at the minute it's just a lot of like decisions and meetings and blah 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 um and so in general it comes very very easily and very almost absent-mindedly and feels often like it's something that's happening external of me at the minute I'm feeling like whenever I'm writing I'm like I'm paying for it. Like I'm writing tooth and nail. That also might be because like content wise, Magnolia three is the hardest to write. Like it's, yeah. it's really, I would say dense is like the mm-hmm. the best word to describe it. Then it's like, it's, it's big. Like it's a big book emotionally and kind of like what it is dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, yeah, it comes really easily i would say there's not like a a great many things that i would be like yes i'm very good at this but writing has just always been like the easy one for me yeah i mean that makes sense we can tell (laughs) yeah definitely we can't tell it comes easy but we can tell you're good at it (laughs) yeah do do you think that it just flows to like you said your writing has always just been a natural thing for you but do you think too just because the characters in the world you've created is just so like special to you that you just you write it just flows out of you like as you're writing you don't have to think about it they kind of lead you where you want to go yeah i think that a bit of it probably has to do with these days I don't really feel like I have much control anymore of what happens um and I fairly early on in kind of like the writing process just kind of gave away my position of power in in the writing and just kind of like mm-hmm. lent into whatever the muses would say and just am kind of now like the vehicle through which I think their stories <laughs> are written. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I think it comes easily now, yeah, because of that. Um, but also to be 
completely honest, most of the time, if I'm whatever I'm writing, I it usually arrives like pretty formed in my mind. Like I would say, the bones of the story, uh, it it just kind of like falls into my head, mostly constructed, and then the parts where maybe I'm like conscious about what's going to happen would be like when I'm actually like adding like the flesh to the body of the story and I'm a little bit more movable in that sort of scenario but most of the time like the skeleton of the story will arrive and that is the construct of the story and that won't change and I don't think I've had a story arrive in my head where I haven't known what the outcome is um okay. and I don't know if that is normal I don't I don't I'm not friends with a lot of <laughs> me either <authors. laughs> I don't know what's regular <laughs> so who knows that's just the, that's so interesting yeah that that is it how is. it goes for me yeah that's awesome Do that's you, fascinating uh, to me how you just a story just arrives there and you're, I don't know it's just fa- I could not do it. it yeah yeah so when you are this kind of I mean when you say a story, do you mean like, did you, when you wrote this, did you know it would be what it is? Like, did you know it would be Magnolia and then Daisy and they, how many books they would have mm. and like what's going to happen? Did you know from the beginning or did that just kind of like write itself as, as the characters? Um, yeah. There's probably like, Magnolia is the one where it's a bit trickier to answer that. Okay. So I did, I wrote Magnolia like the first iteration, which is is different to the one that has been published. I first wrote that probably six-ish years ago and it kind of was like, it was pretty fast and I wrote Magnolia 1, Magnolia 2, Daisy 1 and some of Magnolia 3. But they were very different stories in, mm-hmm. in those iterations. Kind of lots of the same elements, many of the same characters. Um, and actually Daisy One has kind of like kept its it's quite close to really what it was. But um, those I guess that my brain never signed off on it completely because I was finished. And then left it for a really long time. And then in December 2020, my brain kind of like was like, yeah, you've got to pick this up again. And that was like the proper download where it was like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. One, two, and three. And I wrote it out in like, I wrote Magnolia one in December, Magnolia two in January, Daisy three, Daisy one. Sorry. The the numbers are so confusing. Daisy Daisy one. (laughs) Daisy one in the I guess February and that was all very very quick and I knew exactly what I needed to do and I knew exactly where it needed to go and so I think a little bit of that was probably my brain maybe even unconsciously had been on a journey with these characters for a long time in the Mm -hmm. background um but yeah it kind of for me it just became very clear like that was that's that, that's that, that's that. And I knew what I had to do. I forgot yeah, what the question sense. was. Did I answer it? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember either. Yeah. I'm going to go. I just said yes. <laughs> yes. You answered it. 
<laughs> was it? I I feel like is it hard to write parallel stories? So how you know you have MP oh, and then you know Daisy. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to keep track of all of yes that? Yes and no. Because even as a reader, sometimes I have to think. Okay, no wait, I got to go back, and this is happening when this is oh. happening. So like as you're writing it, is it that way? Yeah. Uh, okay, so with Magnolia one and Daisy one, I knew the story. The stories for the mud were were what they were, but by the time Magnolia One was published, and I was editing Daisy One, there were a couple of things that I was like, oh, I wish I could have changed, but it was too late yeah. to change it. And so that was a real lesson for me in like like universal writing or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I now Mm -hmm. wouldn't, I would never release a two without having written the other two, at least in some sort of Mm. very well thought out like plan. I mean, I am now like the Google sheet wizard of time. Like (laughs) I have the most comprehensive things tracking every, everything, every date, every, all of it. I have it. So imagine so tapped because when Daisy won, we were doing, I was like losing my mind, not having everything perfectly lined up. And it just so happened that most of it was totally fine in the end. But with, I went into Magnolia two and Daisy two a lot more mindful of it and how, how I would make sure everything was being reconciled. Um, and so it's, it is easy, it's easy and hard all at once because to me, I, I feel like each book is half the story, at least for, for those mm-hmm. ones, like in the ones and the twos in, in my mind, like Magnolia one and Daisy one are kind of going like this. And then Magnolia two, and Daisy two, it's like a direct crossover. And then in the threes, it's going like, they become less intertwined significantly so by number three and so I feel like in as I'm writing three it's less important that everything is like you know the worlds are a little bit more untangled by the third one um but yeah so there's there's a part of this where it's really easy because to me it's like the full story is found in both in reading both books the part where right. it's difficult is it feels a bit like an organism I'm learning more about. And so uh-huh. sometimes you'll learn something and it's a little bit too late to be able to like put it back in, you know what I mean? Like that's uh-huh. the part that's tricky, but. Is there anything that comes to mind that you would change that you didn't get a chance to, that you could share? <laughs> yes. One of the most controversial things is, in my heart of hearts, Daisy is blonde, though in the book she's, <laughs> she's got brown hair. And I really, really felt so strongly by the time that I was, I was like publishing one and like looking at Daisy one again, I was like, oh, fuck, she's definitely blonde. But Magnolia had already <laughs> been released and it was, she already had brown hair and I, it was done. And so now... It's actually, that's that. <laughs> that's that. And it's been so funny because people will sometimes say, 
I I don't know why I've always imagined Daisy as a blonde. And I'm like, you get it. I don't know what you're seeing. <laughs> you Let's see the same thing. I can kind of, when you said that, I'm like, isn't she blonde? And But I don't want to say, because I, I promise I've read these books. But I'm, th- I'm like, wait, no, like, isn't she? She's not, I guess. She's In not. my mind, she is. <laughs> See, there you go. How interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that is. I, I think, too, so as you were saying, like, MP1 and Daisy 1, like, they do, they're two halves of a story. And I think, like, when I read Magnolia Parks 1, I wanted to jump in to Long Way Home. I didn't want to even read Daisy's story because I I was so obsessed with Magnolia and BJ. And so I was, like, I I was asking friends, you know, should I have to? Can I just jump to Long Way Home? And they were like, no. Like, you have to read Daisy Hates. Like, it's so worth it. It'll just, the story's completely different. And so now when Jess and I recommend this, we say the same thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. go in the way that you need to. It, it'll make the reading experience and the story just so much better. It really hurts my feelings when people don't read Daisy. <laughs> because I'm like, <laughs> Emily, why would you even bring that up, Emily? It's so rude that you weren't even going to read it. No, I understand. <laughs> I, I understand it. But I'm always like, it will make the next story so much better. Like, I can't even imagine going from Magnolia 1 to Magnolia 2 without context of Julian. I'm like, yes. I feel like the I feel like the long way home pops so much more having read oh. Daisy. Do you know what I mean? Like it just makes it a lot. Yeah, it makes more sense. And it, it's it's interesting because this is something we wanted to talk to you about. Is like they are parallel, and they're like like Daisy is half of the Magnolia Parks. Like you have to read it, but it also feels so different because you're kind of like in the same world, but you're in a different world because you've got like mafia and gang and the lost boys and like art. And it's just, it they're like the same, but different. So how did you make it feel so seamless? Thank you. That's so nice. Um, <laughs> she's like, did I? Not, I don't know actually. Um, the the answer that I and I don't even know if anyone is going to like this answer because it feels like for whatever reason I don't like it when it happens but people pit Magnolia and Daisy against each other like oh I'm a Daisy I'm a Magnolia whatever I actually yeah. think for all intents and purposes Magnolia and Daisy are actually very similar um, right. and I think they just kind of like outwork their shit differently and they're kind of like uh-huh. products of their own environment. I, Daisy was a character that already existed in the universe, but actually what drew me to actually write the story of hers was I so enjoyed writing the absurdity of Magnolia's existence and I was kind of looking for something absurd as well that was like similar but different and Daisy really organically kind of like rose to my like the like the top of my consciousness um and I yeah I kind of just like fell in love with writing that sort of obscure life experience that they both have that is obviously very different in many many ways but I think they they themselves are kind of like the common thread in the story of the way that they they, they see the world differently to an extent. They kind of react the same way a lot of the time, but they're just like 
their personalities are so different. So to me, yeah. the 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 girls are in a lot of ways the thread and the absurdity that their lives throw at them is kind of like mm-hmm. the common thread to me in the story. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. it does. Which is that you wouldn't expect it, but I think like by book four, Daisy and Magnolia's friendship is one of my favorite things yeah. just because it's like they're both absurd in their own ways. Mm-hmm. And they are. I don't know. It just works. And I think like, they get each never, other. I guess, yeah. Because yeah. They, there's like, there's some sort of, I, I feel like by four, there's this kind of like understanding and almost like a respect between them in a way. But I think it's the yeah. shared absurdity that kind of brings them that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Emily and I are both also absurd. So that's probably why we're <laughs> true. Just in different ways. But we come together seamlessly. Um, One of my most burning questions, it has to do, it's so simple, are the covers. So, like, where did you get the inspo? And after reading the books, now I I very much understand the covers. Mm -hmm. But was that always kind of what you wanted to do? Put little Easter eggs on the covers to make people guess, like, what's going to happen in this story here? Because those were my thoughts. Yeah, um... I don't know. I don't know. Actually, really, my my Emily, my best friend Emily, and I had done um, <laughs> always kind of like daydreamed about working together in some capacity. She's an artist, and um, we had always talked about doing covers and had kind of tossed around a lot of different ideas, um, and then. For the Magnolia ones specifically, because Emmy only does the the Magnolias and then Avenir do the the other the the daisies. Um, daisies. With Magnolia, it kind of the first one. It started with wanting to do like a crest, like a family crest, because it's so significant to them. And then it kind of the whole thing sort of then blew out into this. Um, Britannia rule theme where because of how quintessentially British the series is and how proud they all are to be from London it just kind of kind of came 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 (laughs) into being like that and I mean I love I loved um all of like Taylor Swift's easter eggs when I was younger I just thought it was so much fun (laughs) yeah um and I knew and not like I I knew I had already written the second book when we were designing the cover for the first one. And so we were able to like pull things from that into that one that people to this day, unless I tell them never know that it's there, which is just so much fun to me. (laughs) It is so fun though, because like you like, I'll be reading it and I'd (laughs) see something and then I would go back to the front and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's right there. Yeah, that's in there. And I think that's a good point. Well, not a good point, but that's interesting to know that you had the second Magnolia written because I, for the life of me, could not understand the significance of this tree. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. then, and I even told Jess, I was like, I just like, this has to mean something. And then in, in book two, it all came together. And yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, so much is answered. Like, I, I think 
reading book one, like I've said, BJ Magnolia, love them, rooting for them. But it kind of was hard to understand their pull to each other. And yeah. I think so much of that was answered in Magnolia too. Long way yeah. home. Like yeah. out of all of them, I think that was the the heaviest yeah, for me. For sure, for sure. So oh that gosh, was yeah. really fun in I mean all of the things that are revealed in book two are actually completely discussed in book one and it just goes over people's heads are we where i think we want to jump into like the characters yeah. specifically mm-hmm. just my so i the type of reader i am i'm a very visual reader i like to be able to picture people and so do you have an image in your head for all of the characters you've created can you see them clearly no <laughs> um, <laughs> short answer uh magno it's funny because people will be like send me their fan casts and i'll know what it's not like i'll be like no no no, yeah. no, no. um but yeah. magnolia is probably the one that i have like the clearest image of but bj especially and everyone always wants bj to be cast in, like I don't I I've never really seen a BJ that I'm like that's it that's the one um to me BJ is and intentionally so the the way that Magnolia describes him is the boy with the golden hair and the golden eyes even though his hair is brown his eyes are green and I did that contradictory <laughs> thing so that he kind of is this wishy-washy image in your mind and then girls would put their own person in there like bj's meant to kind of symbolize that one boy that you're never really properly able to get over like kind of that that person that lives on a pedestal up in your mind that's what he's supposed to feel like and to me bj is more of an essence than he is a person um and then with the rest of the, the characters, Julian gets a bit essency for me as well. Christian, I think, is is easy to visualize because he's like he's very blonde. He's like just beautiful, classic, beautiful man. I, I feel like that I see <laughs> when people send me their Christian fan casts. He's usually the one that I'm like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see that the easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Julian, I'm barely ever happy with a fan cast. BJ, I've never been happy with a fan <laughs> cast. Daisy, because she's so, she's technically brunette and then in my mind is blonde. <laughs> I'm always like, it's, it's, this is a lost cause. Like, I don't know. Whatever you see, this is tricky. To me, Daisy, as long as the person playing Daisy has this sort of, like, beauty that is innocent and dangerous all at once, that that's yeah. the, what I'm looking for when people are like, is this Daisy? I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe. Could she kill you or, like, could she mend your heart and kill you at the same time? I don't know. We'll see. If so, that's yeah. your girl. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think that was one of the first questions I ever asked you. I was like, who is BJ? And you were like, BJ's an enigma. I don't have anything for him. He's an enigma. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I can't I can't picture him. You yeah. know, I just can't get a good No, me either. I can't get a good read on it. 
Yeah. Okay. Who is your favorite character point of view to write from? Um, so if you haven't read the books, she has uh, Daisy's dual point of view, or no, gosh, Magnolia's dual point of view between Magnolia and BJ, and then Daisy is multi point of view. We've got Julian, Christian, and Daisy. Out of those, um, Magnolia is probably the most fun and the easiest because she's the yeah. most unhinged um and so true <laughs> probably the most <laughs> like me like magnolia feels like the way magnolia sees the world and the way that she thinks is really just like an extension of myself and is a lot she's just kind of like a hopefully like an unhinged version of me in a lot of ways um <laughs> and so she's the easiest and she's probably the funnest and i feel like she, I get to do things with her um, dialogue and the, the rabbit trails of her brain that I don't get to do with the other characters. Um, so she's probably the most fun. But I do enjoy writing. I do enjoy writing Julian as well. I think he's he's really fun to write because he has kind of chemistry with everyone. He walks into a room, he's, he's got yeah. chemistry with every single person there. So that's also really fun to do. Yeah. And I just to pretend you're like a haughty gang lord. I <laughs> yeah. can imagine that being a fun. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I feel like you might not be able to answer this, or maybe you would, but is there a relationship that you prefer to write? So do you prefer to write mm. Magnolia and BJ or, you know, the Daisy and, and her relationships and, you know, with Christian? Um, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will say there's um, – kind of there are two relationships that when things are at odds with in that relationship I have like a burdened stress in me until everything is okay again and that would be Magnolia and BJ and Daisy and Julian when those relationships aren't okay to me the universe feels off kilter and I yeah I feel like that was that was an interesting kind of uh not conclusion but like place to arrive having written Magnolia one I was really nervous because there was kind of like that faded feeling you get with Magnolia and BJ that Uh I and again possibly a controversial thing to say but I don't actually think Daisy and Christian have and I've said before that I I actually think Daisy has three really good options in front of her and she could have a great life with Christian she could have a great life with Tilla she could have a great life with Romeo and I actually think she's sensational with all of those characters and I think they present her different versions of what a life might look like and I think that's such an exciting thing for a character to kind of have so many paths in front of her. Right. But I remember writing writing it, or actually really right before releasing it, feeling almost this dread 
of like it doesn't have that faded like that that love where it's like if they're not together then everything's off kilter and then I sort of realized that oh it it does it's just not romantic and there's Mm -hmm. such a like a heaviness to Daisy and Julian's connection that that is kind of like to me more so than her relationship with Christian is kind of like the bedrock of the Daisy series is the hates relationship with each other is kind of like Uh them and their commitment and the danger that it presents in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. that to me was it kind of in a very different way obviously it it kind of like ticked that box in my mind where I was like oh no you know like what relationship are they gonna really really root for and that seemed to ring true because it wasn't the last chapter that when people read Daisy One it's never people being like oh my gosh I can't believe the last chapter that Daisy and Christian aren't together it's them being like that hospital scene killed me and I think that's because yeah Daisy and Julian and their their relationship when they're not okay you're like oh my god what's happening because they yeah, kind of have so that true. that weighty fate to them yeah that, yeah I think that's so true like when I when I got to the end of that book like when Magnolia and BJ weren't okay like I'm stressed right like I like yeah. <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh things aren't okay but that hospital scene stuck with me more than Daisy not being you know ending yeah. with Christian because I just kept okay well they're gonna be okay right like they're gonna they're gonna mend they're gonna reconcile mm-hmm. and I think that's I never thought of it that way but like yeah like it was just their version it wasn't a romantic yeah you know, thing but it, it was still so big and important yeah. yeah so was julian always was it always going to be multi-point of view between christian daisy and julian originally when i wrote the first iterations of the book like six years ago it was only the girls perspectives and then oh wow when this the magnolia one redropped into my head in 2020 it became quite apparent very quickly that BJ should have a point of view as well, which then led. I was at one point like, should it just be Christian? And I was like, no, Julian. It's actually interesting because my editor for Daisy One was kind of like, you know, Julian doesn't have like a huge storyline in in number one. And I was like, no, I know, but he needs to have one in Daisy Two. Just trust me. Um, And so... (laughs) We, I kind of like Julian's story is a bit background in book one, but it's because I knew what was going to happen in book two. So, yeah. Gosh. It's crazy how it is. Like I'm thinking of all this stuff you have to be thinking of and keeping track of. And I'm like, I could literally never. It just (laughs) makes it that much more interesting. I don't know. It's crazy. I feel like that we I know the answer to this question, but this is like the people's choice question that we're giving you. And I'm sure you know what it's going to be. Will any other Magnolia Parks universe characters get their own books? (laughs) Not not the ones that people keep asking about. I don't have any plans for 
a Henry Jonah the Torah. Circle. I didn't have a plan to <laughs> we do didn't that. We weren't even going to ask. We were like, that question's off. <laughs> yes. She gets asked that all the time. We, we were like, don't ask specifically about that. <laughs> There's um, Clara England, who is kind of like, she's very much of a non-event in the story other than she's mentioned through Tom in the first one. She Tom's gets her, wife? Tom's brother's wife has a okay. book, but it's a standalone. Ooh. And then there's one other character who is only very like briefly mentioned, uh-huh. but she gets her own one-off as well. I hope, is it Paley? It, yeah. <laughs> How did you know? No, no it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I hope it's not. <laughs> I'm it's, wait, it's, it's not. I'll turn it around. <laughs> It's she lost me a little bit there, but if you, I'll read it still. Yeah. <laughs> so, will we see Tom England at all in Clara's book, or is that not yes. something you can say? Yes, no, I can. Um, <laughs> I mean, I Clara's book actually timeline wise is mostly in step with Magnolia One, so you see a okay. decent oh, amount okay. of Tom. Nice, but it's not really. It's not like clara and tom's story it's clara's right. story so uh-huh. yes he's in it because he's in her life but it, I, it's not like i don't think tom's gonna have a point of view in that story but i do have a i do have a loose plan of a of of a book for tom but i would say it's like it's very back on the list of books that i have to yeah. write in my mind right now speaking of tom i i really like tom like, yeah, was, he he was, yeah, like was he a character? Yeah, like, was he a character? Did you want him to stay in the story? Like, was it hard to kind of, okay, we're done with Tom now? No, he organically <laughs> left. He left very easily. Um, okay. Tom also was a was a really interesting character because he existed in the, the Clara book, first and the Clara book in a lot of ways it didn't predate Magnolia but I had a fully formed idea of what the Clara story was going to be separate to Magnolia and I kind of realized all these worlds probably realistically would collide for sure but Tom entered the Magnolia sphere very late in the game he wasn't in the first iteration of the book there was another character that has been completely like taken out um that was (laughs) yeah yeah, he's gone um he and that was a a, one of the most interesting experiences i've had as a writer that i originally in the very 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 first plan i had for the magnolia story was that she wasn't going to end up with bj and the story just kept, like, those two characters just kept gravitating towards each other. And it felt very much so without my influence or, like, a flagrant disregard for my opinion and what I wanted. Because I was like, I'm going to write a story <laughs> and it's going to be, she picks the guy that's healthy and she does this. And because I married, like, a Tom. He's, like, the best yeah. guy. He's so healthy. We have a really lovely, boring marriage. But it just doesn't Aww. write that well. Like, it's not interesting. <laughs> um, we, we have a great life, but I'm like, no one wants to watch this. Like, <laughs> I tried to write it down, but I was like, 
God, it just sucks. Like it's just it's just not good on paper. Um, to be healthy is not it's just not entertaining. And so I was like, all right, no. well, I ended up looking at the character when the story kind of like redeposited itself in my mind in that time in 2020. I could tell something was amiss, and so I I was just like for giggles, shits and giggles, I'm going to duplicate the file and open up the file and delete every bit of the story that involves this person and see what happens without writing anything else. And I read the story through and it basically didn't affect the story at all. And I was like, whoa, that if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, like there it is. So I was like, this is, I kind of had a niggle that it in no real world would that character have posed a threat to Magnolia and BJ's relationship. And it kind of was like, Mm. I felt like people would be like, what's, what's the question even? Whereas Tom, even the boys kind of had crushes on Tom. Like there was almost this like God, like status that he had that they were all so like, wow. Um, and so he became a much more worthy opponent to BJ. And so when I realized I needed that, that other character, I was like, well, I have to get rid of him. I still need someone else. And that was when I was like, oh, Tom England. I could pull, like, this makes a yeah. lot of sense. I should pull him over. And then that was like, yeah, that happened really easily. And then him not being in the second book, just made a lot of sense for what I knew, for what I know of their time in New York that no one else knows. It made a lot of sense that he's not around yeah. the, and, and how much he like kind of needed to get away from the situation. Like the combination of Magnolia and Clara would have just been so devastating that he really had to get out of there. <laughs> so no, it was, it made sense to me that he wasn't in book two. So I know that there were a lot of like, diehard fans for Tom at the start yeah. and it, it did give me the giggles because occasionally <laughs> like um people will be like something something Tom and I'm like who like what's <laughs> <laughs> okay we've, we've moved on <laughs> we're past that yeah. actually oh my gosh that's, that's fair what, what happened in New York will we ever know what happened in New York possibly yes but not not immediately I mean you know a little bit and and it was one of those things where I think we did a lot of stuff um when it would like unravel in the newsletters we would send out on our Mm -hmm. subscription um not subscription what's it called like email list whatever that was when in the lead up to one of the books we were doing a lot of Mm -hmm. um like email blasts and yeah. You, it was a little bit unpacked there. But essentially, like, the Magnolia rush scenario was very hard for Tom. That's kind yeah. of, like, the essence of what it was, really. Yeah. So he, he'd stay away. <laughs> Aww. Poor buddy. Aww. Poor Tom. I, <laughs> I think that I read you were answering questions in your story, and you mentioned this other character that you completely just removed. You just mm-hmm. he didn't affect the story, and I'm blanking on his name, but isn't he mentioned in the story? Yeah, like she references was him, Addington Venture, and she mentions him briefly as 
um, a boy that she sleeps with while she's in New York. And that was honestly just for one friend of mine who really loves the character <laughs> and he, he was so sad when I took him out and I, I left him, I, I enlisted him there for him. That was all. Yeah. You're a good friend. For that. <laughs> yeah, You're a good that was friend. a good friend move. <laughs> um, I think, uh, so I read a lot of romance, you know, open, closed door, whatever. I don't really care. I just have a romance girly. But I think that with this series being that there is so much romance in it and so many sexual references, but it is a closed door romance. Like there's really nothing like explicit to it. Was that like a conscious decision or just it never took you that direction? <laughs> um, it's so funny. It was never a conscious decision. I hate writing sex scenes. <laughs> so much and and I didn't even know that I I'm not a romance reader so I've never really read romance novels and sometimes my friends will send me um excerpts of ro- romance novels and I'm like whoa <laughs> so we as a generation like we say cock a lot we okay that's cool um there's a lot of descriptive Cons- words that Cunt too, which is like an yeah. Australian thing to say. Well, I would never say that, but yes, it is. <laughs> Ever. Never say that. I, I've never said it in my whole life. We have a board game actually that is, it's like a card game that's a swearing game and it's so funny. Is it fuck the party? Mm. Or what is it called? Where you have to do the colors and the swear words? Yes. And I will, I I'll, I'll lose, I'll lose at the C word. I just won't say it. I'll be like, I'm not, I can't say it. Um, I forgot the question. What were we talking about? I forgot the question too, but this was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sex scenes, right? Yeah, sex scenes. Writing yes, sex. okay. Just... Yeah, they really stress me out to like a to a, to a ter- right. like. I mean, when I say most most chapters, I could write a couple chapters a day. It's really easy. It comes flows really naturally. When I know I have to write a sex scene, I am, like, gearing myself up. Like, I, I am, like, going to battle. It's so stressful to me. Um, I didn't know I wrote closed-door sex scenes. In fact, like, a publisher who was one of – who was presenting themselves for me to perhaps pick them, they were like, would you be open to – you know, writing, like, making it sexier. And I was like, no, I don't think so. And I was so actually, it felt funny to me because I now, now it's a hard no because I'm like, it feels like a misread of Magnolia. Magnolia would never, Daisy maybe, Magnolia would never allow would never share that part of herself. And actually, I don't really think BJ would either, especially with Magnolia. So to me, I, it was never like a conscious thing. It was never like a moral thing. I didn't know I wasn't writing normal sex scenes um, because I didn't (laughs) read them. Um, I described the, the way that I guess it, it has ended up happening with that kind of like really flowery abstract metaphor way of doing it just felt to me like 
not even like a more tasteful way of doing it, but of the, the things that my friends have sent me with like the excerpts with the hard talk and the, the throbbing whatever I don't know that doesn't make me feel anything and for me my yeah. writing the only marker I ever really have for myself is like do I make myself feel something can I do did my heart skip a beat did I kind of like get goosebumps from a sentence that I wrote that's always the thing I'm I'm aiming for and so I felt like it was a lot easier to kind of describe sex in this way that would make people feel something by yeah, doing yeah. it differently than like throbbing cocks, you know? <laughs> yeah. it just, it wasn't, them. Who yeah, needs them? Them. <laughs> I mean, Nobody. I like them in general, <laughs> but just not in the book, you know? Same. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think just for our, our listeners when you listen to this, so we do talk about a lot of smutty books, a lot of romance books, clean. So if you're listening to this, you guys know that we like our throbbing cocks as much as the next girl, but this book doesn't have them and it doesn't need them because Jess is 100% right. Even without those sex scenes, you feel everything just as strongly yeah. but without those scenes so don't be dissuaded if you know we're like oh right. there's no sex in there you don't need it it there absolutely is, is not something i miss there is sex in there but it's just not throbbing yes. cocks yeah yes. yeah <laughs> it's usually like supernovas or there's like <laughs> symphonies like we're talking about it in that an abstract way yeah. yeah i agree i love a supernova <laughs> i love that perfect um, Perfect. <laughs> We're like, never leave <laughs> Um, Okay, did you... Uh, okay, let's let's bring it back. So in Magnolia Parks, Magnolia is obsessed with fashion. That's like her thing. Mm -hmm. In Daisy Hates, you get the art aspect. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you, Jessa, personally have like a passion for? Or is it just like you had to research these things and the characters kind of chose these as their passions? The art, I'm way less versed in, um, mm -hmm. and I do have to do a decent amount of research on that. Magnolia, the fashion, I was not as into it as she is, but I've always been, like, I've always kind of had, like, a little bit of an interest, not in the way that I would. I don't feel like anyone who knows me would be like, oh, yeah, she's super fashionable. I really, like, would wear, like, denim cutoffs and a t-shirt because it i'm a i'm a mom and i don't have you know anyway i've but i've always been fairly good at style and like especially when i was younger and i had time to think about that kind of thing i yeah. would have put together really good outfits so the magnolia part of it came quite naturally to me i just now would be way more versed in it than I would organically be. So, but I, I think because right. I, I had like a little bit of a natural interest or a natural sway towards it, that it, it comes quite easily to me. Now I feel like entering into the third book and there's also like, there is fashion in the Daisy books that people don't even really notice or know because mm -hmm. I, I just am pedantic. So I know what everyone's wearing, even if it's not mentioned, but I <laughs> would have um, a 
after having done it for so many books, I kind of just now know, all right, well, this character wears this kind of, well, I know this label's doing that this season. So we're probably going to gravitate towards that for this person. We're going to do that for this person and that. And now it would be, whereas Once Upon a Time, maybe in Magnolia 1, it would have involved a lot of uh, conscious thought. Now it's all very second nature. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, you are that because of that and i'll see pieces just in general life where i'll be like oh magnolia will like that i'll write it down and i'll put it in an outfit that kind of thing so it really makes it like such a fun journey like emily and i buddy read most of these books and i would like google magnolia's outfits (laughs) and then i'd send her screenshots and i'm like this is what she's wearing fyi (laughs) yeah and i would love it i'd be like hey jess can you pull this outfit up for me real quick and she would send me what it was and like i'm a visual reader so it really helped for me to like picture her personality through her clothes it was really a unique experience thank you yeah um there's an angel his name is alicia and she does the mpu closet she's been running that for kind of since the book really came out and she does such a great job she usually gets oh it's not it's never her fault when she doesn't get it right because oftentimes like labels will like a season later use the same name for a piece of clothing that's different and so sometimes she'll be like this doesn't look right is this right i'm like oh no they've just used the same (laughs) name again but for the most part she gets it absolutely perfect and she does such a good job and we've always had all of this feedback from people being like, it's so nice getting to like read it and like look at it because you kind of, they yeah, kind of come a little yeah. bit to life. So I love her. Is this today. an Instagram account? Yeah. So it's she- called, um, I think it's called the MPU closet. Let me look it up. Oh, she, but she yeah, follow it. does such a spectacular job. We'll have to put that to let no, our listeners know yeah link it because that would be so helpful yeah the dot yeah. mpu closet oh my gosh is she on your team or is she just a fun no we friend? she's she's just a reader <laughs> and now just we're friends she just did it she Aww. just did it all herself it's so sweet that's amazing yeah that's she's so the cool. best there's another magnolia parks universe instagram account too that i believe we both follow do, do you run that account? I'm guessing no. No, there's, there's Magnolia Parks Universe. I think you run it. It's oh, linked in your as, Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I mean, I don't personally run it, but that is like the official okay. Magnolia account. Oh, okay. Yes. I was going to yeah. say, I was like, I don't know who runs that account. It was just another um, reader. Yeah. No, that is run by my my camp. I yeah. Gotcha. Amazing. Um, all right, Um. What do you want to ask? Yeah, so I'm trying to think of, like, before we get into what everyone, you know, moving forward, whatever wants to know in the mm-hmm. last part of Long Way Home. But um, so I guess a lot of people will say that this is basically Gossip Girl in England, but way more toxic. Mm-hmm. Were you a fan of that show? Have you ever seen it? Or was it just, like, a coincidence that people compare them? Do you know, it's really funny. I never once consciously did it. I, of course, watched, like, first original Gossip Girl right. and loved it. Yeah. I loved Chuck and Blair. So I'm always Ugh. really – it could never be anything but kind to me if people are like, they're like Chuck and Blair. Um, I never once in the in the 
development of Magnolia considered Gossip Girl, which is so funny now, retrospectively. But I really was very impacted by the OC. So to me, I can see like a lot of the OC in it. And I can see a lot of Clueless in it. And I can see a lot of Bridget Jones Diary in it. Um, They would be the ones that I would say like really impacted it for me. Um, mm-hmm. but Gossip Girl, no, it was, it was never intentional, though I can, of course, see why people say it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Everyone's like, it, it, was that where it came from? I'm like, actually, no, but obviously I get it. I get that I completely <laughs> understand the parallel, funnily enough. So. Like, I get it. Okay. That's good. Can you, I guess, moving into what's to come? So, For MP3, can we expect kind of a lot of growth between Magnolia and BJ? Yeah, what can you tell us? Yeah, you don't have to tell us anything if you don't want. (laughs) I don't know how much I can say. Um, Other than it's very much addressed. That's that's kind of all I'll say is there is – it's – it's a book with like a lot of grappling. There's a lot of like coming yeah. to terms with a lot of stuff in number three. Yeah. Ugh. Would you say it's the most emotional? A hundred percent. A hundred. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> PSA: We should all probably pay, be paying Jessa's therapy bills <laughs> because. She's going through this alone, I and we am, all get to true. read it together. That is true. I am going through it alone. <laughs> no, oh, I have gosh. two friends I that I send wait. it to, and they and I kind of use them as a bit of a measuring stick for how it's feeling. And I, I'm like, <laughs> okay, Ooh. I'm nervous. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. If you okay. would like, if you would like two more friends to send it to for measuring purposes, <laughs> we, okay. we're right here. Um, go ahead I was just might be asking the same thing no specifics but just for the rest of the the universe I could be wrong but is Magnolia Parks 3 the last book we're going to get of Magnolia and then Daisy Hates there are two more Daisy Hates there are three Magnolias total and four Daisies total gotcha okay and Do you know anything about those release dates that you could share? No, the release dates actually is a little bit more beyond my control at this point. Um, gotcha. And I don't know about Daisy 3's release dates. I could guess, okay. but I don't know. <laughs> and I don't, I don't actually want to guess because I feel like every time I say a date, I then read it and it's like, it's as though I've carved it into stone. And I'm like, well, I don't know if it's actually <laughs> true anymore. Just like so. just pretending. Yeah. The last question I have, and this just came to me, but would you ever want this series to be a show or a movie? Could you see it going there? Has there ever been any talks of that? Or are you happy with it just on paper? No, I think if it came up and it was like the right, the right people – that kind of get it. Yeah. I think there would be um, – I my concern with it being turned into anything would be 
people kind of like honing in on the wrong aspects of the show. I think it would be really easy yeah. to like hone in on that party side of like BJ's yeah. overdosing and whatever and kind of like trying to turn it into some sort of like euphoria adjacent thing. Oh god. It's not what it that. is. Um no. right. so as long as it was and like zero shade to euphoria is obviously a great show. It's just not mm-hmm. the same. It's just not this. It's just yeah. not that. Yeah. Um yeah, I am 100% open to any great story. If it's a good story, if they can tell it well, then yeah, I'm open to yeah. it. I will crowdsource the fun <laughs> that this happen because I genuinely think it would be, like, it's amazing as a book. And I think it would be so cool as a show. It has to be a show, though, because you couldn't. I agree. A movie. I agree. A movie, yeah. you'd have to cut out too much. I agree. We need yeah. like a twelve-season show. Buddy. <laughs> no, no, I'll watch this till I'm fifty. Honestly. <laughs> um, okay, two more things, and then we'll release you from our hold. Um, audiobooks, super excited for those. Um, do you? Can you tell us anything about them? Posted something on your story about BJ. I don't know if it was BJ. It was BJ, yes. We have recorded a few of the characters. um, And it's just so good. It's so good. And it's so exciting. And um, my UK editor and a dear friend of mine who works with me on Magnolia stuff, we were all in the meeting uh, like for the first recording and BJ went first and when he started reading we were all like <laughs> oh <laughs> it was so gosh. embarrassing like all of us we were, I like we were five minutes before the meeting started or the recording started it was just the three of us in like a zoom scenario and we were all like calm down like like talking to us and being like <laughs> you need to calm down he's not a real person I was like what are you so excited and nervous about you invented this boy. You know he's not real. And so that he, yeah, when he started talking, there was certain lines hearing them spoken out loud where I was just like, like, don't look at me. Don't oh look at me. Gosh. And then a couple of days ago, they recorded Christian. And he is actually perfect wild it's wild it's so so exciting so good so it's really gosh that should be out i actually think that might be out around the summertime i don't know if i'm allowed to say that but whoops if i wasn't sorry sorry ask forgiveness not permission that's the rules i live by exactly (laughs) okay other than that, what else do you have in the works outside of Magnolia Parks? Or, like, what can we expect for you, from you? I have another book coming out at the end of the year that is not Magnolia Parks that I really, like, I haven't planned on talking about it. And yet somehow people keep finding out about it. And I'm like, where are you getting this? How are you doing this? Because, and I actually, I don't know. I I don't know how they're doing it. Um, But someone the other day messaged me and they even knew like a character name. And I was like, God, either something's gone awry. Either someone's broken an NDA or 
there's some something's been on the internet. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. I don't, don't know. So I have a book coming out that I'm not going to talk about, but it's findable on the internet. Evidently, some somewhere I don't know where. But if 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 people are like desperate enough to know, apparently there's a place you can find it. Um, that okay. will come out around Christmas, I believe. And that is the. Is it a Christmassy book or is no? It just... But okay. it, it feels. It's just a present to us. It, yes. That's, exactly. that's <laughs> it feels like a. It's not a Christmas book, but I feel like once we're talking about it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense for a holiday read. Like it's magical. You see, yeah. it's a bit, you know. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Is it a standalone? No. It's the start of a new oh, series. I'm a series girl. So, yeah. oh, perfect. Start of a I new love series. a series. Exciting. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Will it be Googling. romantic? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a romance in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go like, Google this, Jess. Yeah. wonder a little bit what we yeah. can expect <laughs> it's the mystery well um is that everything do you think that we have i think so i think i, I mean i could talk for hours probably about this <laughs> series but i think that's everything and i think we asked a lot of questions we, we put question boxes up for our listeners and our followers and Amazing. i think that i'm really pleased and i think that they'll be really pleased with with this episode so yay i'm excited um yay. I guess we can say that we are officially friends with Jessa Hastings. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you besties, <laughs> another Emily in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like this episode and want to continue listening along, make sure you follow us over on Instagram at Friends with Books Pod and any listening platform that you listen um, to this on. Yes. And in the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and tune into next week's episode. And we'll see you next week. Bye. See Bye. You later. <laughs>